Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Career Retrospectives with my good man Kyle. Hey guys. It's good to have you back once again and today we're going to be breaking down a, not a past album per se or past artist, but we're going to be talking about Machine Gun Kelly and his most recent album, Mainstream Sellout. And as Kyle's background clearly can say, for those of you who are listening, you won't be able to see this. This is not the album cover. I have the album cover, but he doesn't. It's okay. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna be t- we're gonna be talking a little bit about his most recent pop punk album, and we're gonna talk. I got some stuff I want to say. Kyle got some stuff he wants to say too. So let's get right into it, shall we? So, really quick, my friend, I got a quick question for you. Actually, yeah, going going into well, first up, I mean, I, I full disclosure, I mean, I was aware of Machine Gun Kelly, but when he actually released was it Tickets to My Downfall, I was flipping out. I was like, what? It's a po- new pop punk album that everyone seems to be gravitating towards. It's great. Um. What was your reaction to that previous album then going into this one? So Tickets to My Downfall was not so much of a shock to me. Okay. When it first came out, just based on, I felt like he was going that route from his previous material as well. His, the two last albums he did before that, uh, Bloom, it was still rap, but it had more of, had some of the guitars and stuff in it. And he's always been very closely related to the pop punk and rock world. Uh, but then on Hotel Diablo, his uh, last, as of now, his last rap album, even that had right. some songs on it, uh, specifically, um, oh my God, what was the song called? Uh, I don't know why I'm blanking out. The one with Youngblood, I think I'm okay, I think it was called. Yes, that's it. Yeah, uh, that's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know why I just blanked on the name there, but yeah. So, I mean, he had that, and that was so well-received that I was not very surprised to see him gravitate more to the pop-punk sound. I think what surprised me the most is that he did it so well. He's not a very good singer. Like, I think we can just get that out of the way. Technically, he's not a great singer. Right. He sounds very good on the stuff he puts out, though. His voice fits what he's doing with it. So Tickets to My Downfall was one of my top albums of that year. Mm -hmm. So I had some pretty high expectations for mainstream sellout going into it. I wouldn't say it matched all those expectations, but he delivered another solid pop punk album. All right. I mean, we're pretty much on the same page. I'm going to share my thoughts now, too, if you don't mind. Um, Going into Tickets to My Downfall, truthfully. I was unaware of his rap. I mean, I, I enjoy hip hop, don't get me wrong, but like, I'm not familiar with his rap stuff a lot. I mean, rap devil's one thing, but um, going into Tickets to My Downfall, though, I was like, wow, the guy is actually like making really solid, like, really solid pop punk in a time where it wasn't really played on radio, on like mainstream, you know, FM or XM radio that often. And I was, thoroughly entertained by it i mean tickets to my downfall was really really something special to me i mean bloody valentine i still get chills with that one song alone it's it's that good and then going into this album i was like well my expectations were like wow he blew me away the first time let's see what he does with this next album and it's gonna be it it, it was originally gonna be called a battle horns right am i thinking Uh, that right born born with horns was the original the original name and uh i'm be honest i'm glad he changed it I agree too. I mean, that's it's just silly. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a 
dumb childish sounding album name coming from someone that's you know was he now mid 30s or so yeah about to say um but i mean he i mean i uh, we'll get to uh, some specifics in a second but uh this is the second album with travis barker on drums as well from blink 182 right yep yep and um I, I so but going into this album, i was like all right wow we're gonna be taught i mean i was going into i was like what okay, i really liked a lot of the songs a lot of the hits as well off of uh tickets to my identical let's see where he goes from here and this kind of like we're gonna get into our, our thoughts in a second but like going into it i was like i'm really excited i really liked what he did the last time let's see what he does this time and so far i've liked what i've heard i mean could have, were the things that could have been better we'll get that in a little bit but overall i liked what i heard then um do I, so uh but yeah those are just my initial impressions going into this so yeah i think that it really part of this conversation i think really needs to be just the state of rock and pop punk music in general at the moment yeah before people can say all they want uh, that oh he Eminem beat him in a rap battle so he changed genres or everyone all the gatekeepers of rock can criticize him all they want say he's not real rock but at the end of the day what's getting kids into rock these days because it's not ACDC it's not Led Zeppelin it's not Kiss it's not Def Leppard it's not Molly Crew the list goes on right. that's not what's getting kids into rock these days and that's not what's getting played on mainstream radio. Machine yep. Gun Kelly is. Olivia Rodrigo, I'm not a fan of her, but she's gotten kids into rock guitar again, just pop punk guitar, like the Paramore sound. And that's not a bad thing. People need to stop acting like it's a bad thing. It's great for the genre. Otherwise, we're going to see what we saw for, honestly, about a decade before Tickets to My Downfall is mainstream radio having next to no rock representation i mean even your huge bands like green day for example yep they weren't getting mainstream radio play they had you know pretty decently big singles on rock radio like you look at revolution radio had still breathing that was decently big you would hear that on like rock radio every so often but you're not hearing that on mainstream radio you're hearing the new artists so everyone that says he's not real rock needs to get over it he's real rock he's getting kids into the genre once they're in the genre then they'll find blink 182 they'll find green day they'll find all time low they'll find all the original pop punk bands and more you know some of them might even get into the heavier stuff and like classic punk yeah i mean i i completely agree with everything you just said i mean just just him taking a genre that was like very much so, like not on its feet as well as it is now. I mean, like you said, Olivia yeah. Rodrigo is another one, or even Avril Lavigne and Willow. Like, you, I forget exactly what you said one day. We were talking about Green Day or something like that, or and you were like, Oh, like these new pop punk. I forget exactly the word you used, but like these new acts are coming up as like pop punk, and it's like not a revival necessarily. I forget what you said. What did you, do you remember what you said offhand? Not exactly, but I know the conversation you're talking about. But yeah, it's, it's just that these. These new bands are what they're what are bringing in the new people. Like we can all say, oh, how great the legends are from just rock in the seventies and eighties, and even if you want to just talk strictly pop punk, the nineties to probably the early twenty tens. Yeah, you can say all we want how great those bands were, 
but the genre is like stagnant. And that's not to say, I'm not trying to say Machine Gun Kelly, Olivia Rodrigo, Willow. I'm not trying to say that they're like reinventing the wheel here Mm. because the music is very much just by the books, pop punk. There's nothing innovative about it, but it's bringing it to the masses again. And we're seeing more, we're seeing more instruments in pop music, like mainstream music for the first time in quite a while. Yep. And it's great to see. I completely agree with that. I mean, I, I mean the fact that like the fact that we heard the guitar on radio, I mean, that's like a blessing. <laughs> like let's be yeah, and not just an acoustic guitar with Ed Sheeran or Sean Mendez. Like we heard a distorted guitar on radio again. Yeah, and, and he he was one of he's one of the players to do it. And I think Olivia Rodrigo and Avery Levine and Willow, they're all kind of following along, which is which is great. Um, I couldn't yeah. be, couldn't be more excited too. Um, I love and, to see uh, Avril's uh, Avril's latest pop punk album was great too. You know she, the album before that one, she kind of went that like singer songwriter acoustic vibe. Yeah, I yeah. wasn't too into it. Now she's back to her roots, and in my opinion, one of her best albums yet. I mean, hey, and and they're just they keep if 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 this is the routine that pop punk or mainstream radio is picking up on this stuff, I'm all for it. I'm all for like them bringing real instruments back onto mainstream radio. I mean, like whether it be a guitar, whether it be hell, whether it be a horn or something too, like or just real instruments would be great. So we, we both agree on that. <clears throat> um, but let's, I mean, let's enough about that. Let's break down uh, for those who are listening, you remember the season, but we're pulling up the Wikipedia page for mainstream sellout itself. Um, and it was a six studio. I didn't realize that. Um, yeah, he's had quite a few at this point. Yeah. He, I mean, he's, I, I, when you got to correct me, when did he come out again? When did he, him, him as an artist first come out? Oh, I first come out. I'm not sure. Um, okay. It's been, it's been quite a while. He's been around for a long time. I mean, I've been listening to him since his was it second or third album. I think it was. So I, I've been listening to him for a while. And even that was years ago. So but he, he's been around and I mean, when he first started, you know, even his rap stuff was still, he was still having uh, M Shadows from Avenged Sevenfold feature. Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm was on one of his albums. Oh, uh, wow. Kellen Quinn from Sleeping of Sirens mm, okay. was on a, uh, not a remix, but like he, he sampled uh, Rise Against Swing Life Away and kind of redid that. Mm. So, I mean, he's always been in the genre. Okay. I mean, and then, I mean, I, I didn't really know about that. I mean, I wasn't super familiar with him, truthfully, until like Tickets of My Downfall came out. I was like, wow, that was great. Um, but I'm glad. And then this, getting into this was great, too. I mean, <clears throat> I just want to just a quick second. I, I know for those of you who are watching us live, great. If not, you can listen to it. I'm gonna read off, I just want to read off a couple of things really quick. The album came out on March 25th. Really happy. Um, came out earlier than later. And then he's going to do a tour as well. The mainstream sell tour, which is great. Um, Travis Barker sold out the garden within a day. Oh, wow, even better. Yeah. I mean, didn't you saw him last year too, right? On the I on did, the, yeah. yeah, I saw him the tickets my downfall tour last summer. Uh, he's great, he's great. God. And you would you, you would recommend anyone who anyone who can or support it, I guess, or I would definitely recommend it. Um, you gotta, you gotta know what you're getting into, though, at least the show I was at. Okay. It was blatantly obvious that a lot of the people had never been to a rock show before, and there's a lot of rap fans, and uh, it's definitely a different vibe. And people didn't, a lot of people didn't really know how to handle a mosh pit when it broke out. 
Oh, wow. And it, uh, one girl tried to light some guy's fire, uh, some guy's back on fire. That was oh, interesting. Geez. We had to grab a lighter from her. So, yeah, fun wow. times. But in terms of like musicality, great. Definitely yeah. recommend. Yeah, I mean, my sister's like, my sister is a huge Machine Gun Kelly fan. She loves tickets to my phone. She likes this one too a lot. Um, and so she, I'm, I'm trying to get her tickets. Hopefully she's not listening, but <laughs> um, uh, the length, we'll, we'll, we'll get to our track listing in a second as well, but I just want to t- touch on producers for a second. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you have familiar with producers, but obviously Travis Barker from Blink-182 is one of them. MGK himself is a producer. Are you familiar with all? The, are you familiar with? Are you familiar at all with the name Ryan Tedder by chance? Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not a. I'm not a big fan of his, but uh, he very prolific. I do respect him. Yeah, he he's done a lot. <clears throat> excuse me, he's done a lot of other things too. Like, I mean, aside from being the singer for One Republic, he's yeah. Which I mean, I like them. They're not, you know, they're not bad. But um, like aside from being like the singer for One Republic, he's done a lot of producing stuff. Truthfully, for a lot of a lot of other artists too, like of yeah. all genres, it's crazy. Yeah, the dude's prolific. I mean, he's you look at his like credentials and credits on things, he's probably more known for being songwriter and producer than his stuff in One Republic, if we're going to be honest. I completely agree. I, I that's what I was going to say too. He's more uh, he's much more of a producer now than anything. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of these other guys I'm not too familiar with like Slim X, Slim XX, Baze, I'm just not familiar with him. I don't know a single other name on that list. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Nick like dark or dark waves, I don't even know them, but like I don't know. Um, but let's get down into the track listing, shall we? And um, and just talk about each track in particular. And we'll talk about like our reception stuff in a second. But uh, let's see. Uh, here we go. So, and then uh, I'm sure you and I are gonna have a lot to say about the actual length of the songs too. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about that for a sec. So here's for those who are, are listening, you won't be able to see But if you just go on to Wikipedia. And just check out the track listing. This is what we're talking about right here. So <clears throat> from the start of the page here, Battle with Horns, going into what's your, I mean, we're going to go one by one. So what's your what's your take on Battle, uh, Born with Horns, not Battle with Horns. Sorry, Born with Horns. I think it's a great album opener. Okay. Uh, it's a good song. I'm glad he didn't title, I think I said this before, but I'm glad he didn't call the album Born with Horns. It was the original album name. Him and Travis both got it tattooed on them. I always thought it was a dumb name. It works as a song title. Glad he didn't make it the album title. And I, I do enjoy the song. It's very good. It just, it's the same kind of building a little bit, I guess, on what we got the tickets to my downfall, but really not much. It's kind of more of the same, which is kind of the trend for a lot of this album. Just slightly darker in tone. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, overall, I mean, we're going to get into a lot of this stuff, too. Like, some of the featured artists I want to talk about, too. Um, but, like, he, you know, I, I agree with you. The tone is definitely a little bit darker than, I mean, Take It To My Downfall was one thing, but, like, this is definitely like a little, just a tad bit darker mm-hmm. tone-wise, you know. Um, I agree. Great album opener, truthfully. I mean, I, I agree with you on that. Um, the length is 2 minutes and 27 seconds long. And we're, we'll read off all the, the lengths at, towards the end of our list of the, the 16 songs. But it's just like, we're going to get to all that in a little bit. But anyways, uh, Born with Horns, overall, a great album opener. I like it a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, got, I, I'd say yeah, like man. 9 out of 10 for me. Like, it's it's not perfect. There's, mm-hmm. you know, I, 
but for what it is, it's great. I really like it. I, I do love this album. I, I will, before we go any further, I will say I do love this album. Not as much as Tickets to My Downfall, but it's so far my album of the year. Wow, big words. And full disclosure, he keeps track of like every album that comes out. He keeps, this guy's really good, everyone. Just letting you know. Um, I will say too, before we go any further, I, 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 I like Tickets to My Downfall more, but I do like this one quite yeah. a bit as well. And this one's really good as well. That seems to be the common consensus between everyone I've talked to about it is it's just kind of more of what tickets to my downfall gave you, but not as good. And I'll get into those reasons as we go along. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we got some stuff to say. Um, God save me. I'll let you go first. I thought this one was even better than born with horns. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, honestly, I give this one a 10 out of 10. I, there was nothing about it. I would change it just kept the vibe going uh lyrically i thought it was a little stronger than born with horns which is one of one of my main concerns with the album as you'll see going forward is the lyric content mm. tends to fall pretty short there's really nothing i can fault this on this album as a whole anywhere in terms of instrumentation i think that really goes down mostly to travis barker's involvement i mean most things that guy touches are are gold. I mean, it, it's rare for you to have a bad Travis Barker performance. But yeah, I mean, that's, I love this song. It's one of my favorites. Nice. Um, I'll touch on it a little bit, but uh, maybe with Bring Me to the Bring Me the Horizon. I'll, 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 you go first as well and I'll chime in in a second. This was the, the one I was looking forward to the most on the album. I'm a big Bring Me the Horizon fan, have been. And since I've got ninth grade, so that was what their Bring Me the Horizon like second album had just come out back when they were an actual like deathcore band. Um, so a huge fan. I was glad to see that it was a feature that actually felt like Bring Me the Horizon was there for a reason. It mm. didn't just feel like here's a rapper taking a verse on a song. It felt more like an actual collaboration between artists than a lot of the other features on this album, where it was just in the middle of the song. It's like, hey, uh, Lil Wayne, I wrote this song. Come jump on a verse. And it just feels forced. This one didn't. Another 10 out of 10 for me. Love this song. Might uh, Top three on the album, I would say. Oh, wow. Big top words. Three. Big words, buddy. Big words. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice is not fully with me. Um, and we're gonna get to a bunch of stuff in a second as far as the other featuring artists on here. But like, I gotta tell you, when I first saw this too, when I first saw that Bring Me the Horizon was on as a feature as well, you're right. They do. It does feel very like cohesive. I guess is the word to say. Like, it, mm-hmm. like it doesn't feel like it's. It, you're right. It does not feel like a a rapper is like, you know, just. Like here's a verse, wrap this for me, and then we're gonna edit it in, and you know all that stuff. It doesn't feel like forced either. It actually feels yeah. very cohesive, which is good. It reminded me of their collaboration, well, his collaboration with Halsey on the last album, where that didn't feel forced either. It felt like two artists coming together and actually collaborating, which in my mind is what a feature is. 
And this also was reminiscent to me of Ed Sheeran's Bad Habits, uh, the version that he did with Bring Me the Horizon recently. Mm-hmm, yeah. Incredible. I mean, Bring Me the Horizon is incredibly talented. I'm glad that they were able to shine, you know, mostly Ollie Sykes. But I'm glad that they were able to shine on this song. And I, again, talking about getting a new generation of fans into rock music. I guarantee you there's some kids that are going to go look up Bring Me the Horizon now after hearing this and go, oh, wow, they're a sick band. And then they're going to go look back into their catalog, hear their old like deathcore and metalcore stuff and get into that genre, too. Which I am all for as well. I mean, I, like we talked about this in the beginning of the show a little bit, like having artists today either. I think this, this also raises a good point as well, but f- featuring an artist who has been around for a, lo- a long period of time, like Bring Me the Horizon has been around since 2004. We just checked. I mean, yeah. like, who is to say that, let's say, you know, Olivia Rodrigo brings in, you name any pop punk artist, <clears throat> drummer, singer, bassist, whatever, as a feature, then you're right. I feel like, I feel like people would go back and say, oh, what's Bring Me the Horizon? Or what's... Yeah. Because people, and that's why I like that he didn't just say maybe featuring Ollie Sykes, because then people would be like, oh, who, whatever, who cares? But you're seeing maybe featuring Bring Me the Horizon. Oh, that's a band. Who's that? Also, yeah. funny story talking about how long Bring Me the Horizon's been together. When this song came out as a single before the album, mm-hmm. and my sister posted about it, I think she posted the announcement, like a picture of them together. So <laughs> I sent her a song. Uh, the music video for Bring Me the Horizons, Pray for Plagues, which I don't know if you ever heard it. It's incredibly heavy, full screaming, full deathcore from their first album. Mm. Great song. It's from 2006, I believe. Wow. I sent it to her and she just messaged me back. She's like, what is this? I was like, that's Bring Me the Horizon. She's like, it's the music video said 2006. I was like, yeah, they're old. I am old. <laughs> I am too, but not as old as you. It's okay. Um, <laughs> It's all good. But yeah, no, I mean, I think that's an important thing. Like, let's say Olivia Rodrigo or Willow brings out like or even Youngblood features, I don't know, like you name like maybe not Travis Barker, but then maybe they're like, hey, let's feature Trey Cool on the drums or let's feature. I mean, yeah. I'm, not saying, I'm not saying Trey would, but I you mean, know what I mean? Like, like Billie Eilish just brought out uh, Haley Williams at Coachella. That's right. Yep. And they did Misery Business together. It's that kind of thing that is what we need right now in music. I agree 100%. Uh, let's talk about Drug Dealer featuring, not with, but featuring Lil Wayne. Are you, I, I can just see it on your face already. You're like, oh no. <laughs> so, talking about features, how we just did, there's only two features on this album that I like. Okay. This is not one of them. This is very much not one of them. This is nothing against Lil Wayne. Uh, I don't personally like him. I think he's a talented rapper for what it's worth. Yeah. I think he sounds awful in the song. You know, it's just personal taste on that one. But his verse just, it doesn't feel like it it fits. It just kind of, again, just Machine Gun Kelly is like, hey, I got this song. Want to come, want to come lay down a verse? And he's like, all right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And did we need two Lil Wayne features on the same album? I don't think so. It's just, again, too many features in music these days. But as a whole, I love the rest of the song. The chorus is so catchy. 
everything else about it is great. It's just that one, just that one thing that takes me out of it. That one feature. You and I are on the same page, my friend. <laughs> it's, it's just, it did it, like we're bring with horizon felt more cohesive. This was just like, you can kind of tell like they like kind of phoned in a little bit. Let's just edit this in later. You know, like one yeah. of those things. I mean, come on. The difference is bringing the horizon felt natural and it felt like two people sitting in a room writing a song together. Yes. Drug dealer felt like machine gun Kelly had a song sent it to Lil Wayne afterwards. and was like, what do you think of this? Do you want to lay down a verse? They did it, you know, and I, again, I have nothing to base this on, but it sounds like they wrote it from two separate like rooms. Like it sounded like machine gun Kelly had it, sent it off to Lil Wayne. He recorded it separately, which how it happens a lot in music i'm not saying that it happened here but i'm saying that's what it feels like it feels like it's just not cohesive doesn't sound like a natural collaboration yeah i i agree with you on that i mean like it's just i wish it was more cohesive i agree with you on that i just i wish that they would have more cohesion just more working together in the same room literally Mm -hmm. you know don't don't phone it in excuse me um but we're both on the same page with that I didn't when I got to this part, I was like, oh my god. But Wall of Fame is just an interlude with Pete Davidson on. <laughs> like yeah. can, can you explain that to me, please? Uh, I mean, they're best friends. They they had it on tickets my downfall too, with was it Kevin and Barracuda? But that I hated that one because it was way too long and it wasn't funny. Mm-hmm. That was lame. This one I don't mind actually. This one made me chuckle a little bit, and it's only 30 seconds. Yeah. So I usually just keep it on. But the other one was like, I think it was like a minute and a half on the last album. Oh, rough. I didn't mind this. He also did on Hotel Diablo. He had Pete Davidson do a little interlude on that too. So I guess this is just his thing now. Every album, we're going to get one of these, which is fine. I got nothing against it. It was a nice little chuckle into the next song. I'm fine with it too. But I mean, it's just like, and Pete, and who knows? Maybe Pete, Pete, Pete Davidson. We'll do interludes on every album moving forward. <laughs> I would not be surprised. Like he's just, he'll be everywhere at once. <laughs> he's already everywhere. I feel like I turn on any social media site and it's like, hey, look what Pete Davidson did today. And I'm like, I don't care. I know. Like, unfortunately, he, he is everywhere. I mean, I got a friend of mine. Yeah. Like, he's he's just... like the Travis Barker of comedians right now. You just, <laughs> he's everywhere right now. It's ridiculous. I, I agree with you. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, anyways. Title track, mm-hmm. mainstream sellout. It's a minute and 47 seconds. What do you got? <laughs> I wish it was longer. Me too. <laughs> it's really good. Even if it was just you know, 20 seconds longer. I just really like the song. Yeah. And it's just such a good like slap in the face. Again, to everyone telling him, like, oh, you're not a real rock musician. But I don't think the one problem I have with it and this isn't anything against the musicality of the song at all. It, to me, again, this is another 10 out of 10 song. I absolutely love it. It's one of like my favorite songs to jam out to in the car from the album. But I think he's misinterpreting the people's criticism of him. Nobody's calling him a sellout. Like nobody's looking at him and saying, dude, you sold out. No one expected him to be successful as a pop punk artist. He went to a genre that was relatively stale and, you know, for lack of a better word, dying and revived it. If anything, he did the opposite of selling out. 
a sellout would be like if uh, Mark Hoppus from Blink-182 all of a sudden became a rapper to get, yeah. you know, more famous. Like it, it doesn't make sense, but it is a nice like middle finger to everyone. Like that, like we talked about earlier, they're saying like, Oh, you're not a real rocker. You're not a real, you don't play your guitar, right? Whatever, you know? So yeah. I'm glad that he was able to get that off his chest in a fun song like that. Yeah. I do wish it was longer too. That's my biggest, like, my biggest beef with that one track. I, li- I listened to the car mm-hmm. when I first, when it first came out, I was like, why is this only a minute and four? Yeah. It should be like two minutes and 20 seconds. Come on. Or even like whatever. Just slightly longer. Just, just like add 20, make it two minutes even, you know, just add the yeah. extra like 13 seconds, call it a day, you know? <laughs> oh my God. That would have been, that would have been great. But unfortunately we have well, not for unfortunate, but we have one minute and 47 seconds of pure awesome. Um, make up sex with Black Bear. I'll talk. I'll talk about Black Bear if you want to talk about the song itself. Oh, uh, you can. You can go ahead first. I have. A, I have oh, okay. Certain thoughts on this one. Oh boy. Uh, I I will say I did like. I just in comparing it to Tickets to My Downfall, I really did enjoy uh, Black Bear on was it my ex girl's uh, ex girlfriend's best, best friend. friend? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I mean yep. personally that worked for me and like it sounded like. It was a pop punk song, but with a, a little hint of like hip hop in there. Not just because of black, but because it also just sounded a little bit like it. Mm-hmm. Um, this was kind of like copy repeat a little bit to me personally, but I, yes. I, I like like this literally copy repeat. I'm like, yes. okay, like there are parts of the song. Though. Yeah, there are parts of the song that sound almost identical to my ex's best friend. There are parts during the song where the chorus comes on and in my head, I start singing my ex's best friend on top of it. And it works. They took the same song almost and just redid it because it works the first time. I also do not like Black Bear. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Full disclosure on that. Every song I've ever heard Black Bear on, he has the same flow. He always sounds exactly the same. Monsters by All Time Low sounds the same. My ex's best friend, same flow, same sound, same vibe. Makeup Sex. Same thing. I believe he was on the Avril Lavigne album. Same thing. His own music. I tried to listen to one of his albums. Everything was the exact same. I'm not a fan of the guy. I don't. This song was just such a disappointment, though, because you're right. My ex's best friend was not. He was probably my least favorite on Tickets to My Downfall, to be honest. I get why people love it. And it is a good song. But they just remade it. Like they essentially were like, we want to collab again, but I don't know what to do at this point. So let's just do a similar sounding song with the same vibe. I killed me. I was listening to it. I was like, what is this? It's it literally is copy repeat. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, they change up the instrumental a little bit, but it's like the same like mid tempo song with like a little bit of a hip hop feel. I know. Oh my God. <laughs> and then Black Bear does a verse in the middle of it. It's, but I will say, while we were talking about the verses, as you can guess, this was not the second feature that I liked. But when we're talking about features, I will say that much like the Bring Me the Horizon one, this one did feel more natural. Mm-hmm. Like this sounded like a collaboration between two artists, which I do appreciate. So while I'm not the biggest fan of the song, it's one of my, it's close to the bottom of the album, not the worst, 
but closer to the bottom for me. Mm. I appreciate that it feels like a natural collaboration. You and me both. <laughs> it's like, I mean, you're absolutely, it is literally copy repeat. <laughs> um, and, and as far as Blackbird goes, I'm not like the biggest, I, 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 I don't like him. Don't kill me, everyone, but I, I'm not, not a fan of him. Um, but yeah, so that's makeup sex featuring Black Bear. Let's talk about emo girl with Willow. I'm, I'm, I want to hear your take first, if you don't mind. Well, I'm scared if I criticize anything, Will Smith might come up and slap me in the face. But here we go. <laughs> oh my uh, God. Anyways, if this song was a Willow song, it wouldn't be bad. It's not a bad song. But in this thing that I forgot to touch on with uh, drug dealer and makeup sex. Mm-hmm. We have to remember, Machine Gun Kelly is a 30-something-year-old man. Some of his lyrics on this album are lyrics that you would picture a 18 to like 23-year-old writing. Yeah. This song feels like a 16-year-old wrote the song. Um, the lyrics are awful. The chorus is the most repetitive chorus I've heard in quite a while. It's just the same phrase repeated over and over. I also just don't like Willow's voice. Uh, I wasn't a fan of her album outside of like one or two songs. Will Smith, don't slap me again, please. But um, <laughs> for what it's worth, it's a good song. The lyrics just make me actually like cringe in my skin. Yeah, we're 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 I, like we're pretty much on the same page with. Him. I mean, like, don't worry, Willow is she's good. You know, don't get me wrong. I, I like some of her stuff too, but like you're right though the lyric writing is like literally you're right it doesn't sound like an 18 to 23 year old it sounds like a 15 16 year old like evil girl like come on yeah even when it first came out i was like what what is he doing with this one and that was like the first thing other than paper cuts but we didn't know at the time that that was going to actually be on the album emo girl was like the first thing we heard from the album and i'm like what are you what are you doing man like if someone let's say Jaden that other new pop punk guy that got famous on yeah. TikTok. He's really good. I actually really enjoyed his album. If he wrote a song with these lyrics, I'd be less critical of it because he's still young. Machine yeah. Gun Kelly is 30 something years old, closer to the tail end of that. I'm pretty sure writing about being in love with an emo girl. Also, he's engaged. I don't know if they're married yet to Megan Fox. Who is not someone I would not really consider an emo girl, more or less just eccentric. (laughs) It was just a weird choice for me. Also, I don't know how this song had six writers or five or six writers. Uh, That's pretty astounding. Barker, long, yeah. Wild, but uh, you know, musically, when I try to take him out, like his age and everything out of out of the equation looking at it as just a song it's actually pretty solid so given all that criticism i would still i still think it's like a nine out of ten it's just a little creepy and cringy to hear a 30 something year old man sing about an emo girl we're in the same boat it's it's it is it is very <clears throat> it is very weird it's just it's weird that's the best way to put it. i mean it's good but it's weird you know yeah I mean, um, if you didn't know that he was that old it'd be different it's just that in my mind i picture this like just older guy singing about an emo girl. And when I think emo girl now, I don't, I think like the younger crowd. So it's a little bit odd. 
Yeah, about to say. <laughs> um, anyways, that's emo girl with featuring or with Willow. Um, I want to hear this. Fifty-one fifty? Is this Van Halen? What's going on? <laughs> like, that's the first thing that I thought. I was like, wait, what? But yeah, that's um, it's got numbers. <laughs> yeah. So mean? fifty-one fifty is actually um, oh man, I forget exactly. It's like a medical code or whatever for like someone going insane or something like that. I used to know it back in the day. I don't remember the exact thing now. Yeah. So that's pretty much what it is. This is one of my favorites on the album. I will say. Um, I really enjoy it. It's catchy. The chorus is really good. And it reminds me more of that tickets to my downfall sound, like a little more upbeat. And it is, it's again, lyrically a little bit darker, but not, not enough. Like I think you could have put it on tickets to my downfall and it would have just, it would have fit in just fine. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 at first, it's funny. I said that because like the first thing I was like, Oh, he's making a Van Halen cover. Right. Like if with Sammy Hagar on it too, what's going on? Um, <laughs> oh, that'd be wild. That, hey, Sammy Hagar, on, uh, th- that is the latest collaboration. Columbia Records, if you're listening or whatever, or I don't even know, Fueled by Raymond, whatever. No, I'm waiting, Sammy for, uh, waiting for the Mick Jagger collaboration. He just gave uh, MGK and Youngblood some praise in the news the other day. So, Oh, my God. Hey, if Mick Jagger, Sammy Hagar, and MGK want to do something, go for it. <laughs> Whatever. What's a Rolling Stone? <laughs> like, you know, like what's one of that? Anyways, um, I like it too. I mean, you're right though. It, it, it does feel like it could have been on, it almost feels like a ticket to my downfall outtake, if that sounds right. You know, it does sound like that a little bit. You're right though. Um, I agree. And I like, I like how it's just a little, it's almost three minutes. It's two minutes and 54 seconds long. I yeah. like that a lot. Thank God. <laughs> you know, like, can we have songs that are like not a minute and 47 seconds? Can we have like a three yeah. minute pop? Songs that pop actually song? go somewhere. Yeah. Like, come on. That, that, that could have been a single truthfully, but that's me. I agree. <clears throat> um, it says album edit, but paper cuts, but that, that's the first single or second single. They released? Paper cuts was the first single, but it came out last summer. Uh, came out August, 2021. Okay. but a different version of it. This one has mm-hmm. a new rap verse put in the end, which I think made the song 10 times better. Okay. I was a fan of the original, but I thought it wasn't as good as a majority of tickets to my downfall when it came out. Yeah. This new verse at the end really like took it up a notch for me to the point where it really, so the original didn't have that and just felt like boring from beginning to end it didn't really have much variation so he had that new rap verse at the end there and that just absolutely killed it people tend to forget that he is actually a very talented and skilled rapper yeah regardless of what people in the eminem feud might say the dude is actually a talented rapper that's why he was famous for rap first there's a reason for it so it was nice to hear that uh yeah. one of my favorites on the album uh maybe my actual favorite but it kind of flip-flops that ending though that rap just it gets me every time it fits so well also the guitar part though almost a almost a rip off of brain stew by green day yeah (laughs) it's very much reminiscent and definitely inspired by that but you know not a bad thing no no of course not 
Um, I, I like it. I mean, I, I'm I'm very glad it's over just one second over the three minute mark, which is wonderful. I'd love to hear the longer songs are making a comeback. They should always be around, but that's me. Um, I like this one a lot. It, it, it's it's got it's got a really good vibe to it. I, I I really like this one a lot, truthfully. I mean, for when I first heard it, when, I, when I, the title kind of threw me up like paper cuts. I was like, well, he's trying to like cut himself. Like I was like, you know what's going on? But like, but but it's it's really good. It's definitely definitely one of my faves too so all right are you ready for world war four <laughs> yeah the sequel i didn't think we needed he's but... like he's he's like the second artist i could possibly think of that as a sequel song outside of like world war three and um tickets to my downfall metallica we talked about them they have yeah. like the unforgiven one two three yeah, Metallica has that uh, bullet from Valentine is Tears Don't Fall Part 1 and then Tears Don't Fall Part... Well, Tears Don't Fall and then years and years later they made Tears Don't Fall Part 2, which was... I think I mentioned this in the Metallica video. It was dreadful. Most yeah. of the time when you have a sequel to a song, it doesn't work out well. The only two off the off the top of my head that I can think of that made it successful was Metallica with The Unforgiven and Escape the Fate with their uh, their Guillotine Trilogy. Mm-hmm. Those were very well done. But most bands, and they do it the part twos, the, uh, I will say Motionless and White does them pretty well too, actually. Okay. But it's more like loose connections in those. This one is just weird. I don't think he had to call it World War Four. I think he could have just written a different short song. Also, the lyrics are, again, really lackluster, like the zombie apocalypse and that. I don't know. It's, it's a little kind of, too like heavy handed, and then at the end he's like, "Oh, it's World War Four. Like, all right, yeah. I, I guess so, man. It's World War Three was better in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I mean, it, it is like as far as lyric writing goes, it is a little a little all over the place. I mean, I I do agree yeah. on that. Um, one thing that kills me: how long was World War Three? Do, do you remember how long that one was? It was like two minutes or no? Uh, no, it was about the same length. Okay, so this one, this is another minute. like short thing. Yeah, this one's a minute and twelve seconds long, which I think okay. in this specific song, I think it does work for the short length because I generally you have a song like that that's that fast and like punk inspired. You kind of want to keep it shorter, but again, I don't think he needed to make another World War whatever song. Um, but at this point, if he doesn't have World War Five on the next pop punk album, I will be disappointed. <laughs> I don't care if it's absolutely <laughs> dreadful, but at this point, we just need to keep it going. Oh my god, <laughs> ain't that the truth? <laughs> it's like World War Five coming on. You know, my next pop punk, pop punk album titled World War Five. I don't know, whatever. Right? But that'd be funny. Um, I mean, it, it's one minute and twelve seconds. I mean, not gonna complain. I mean, I, it's still you know lyrically, it's like you know whatever. But like, I, it's still good overall. Mm-hmm. Um. Is it? And am I pronouncing this right when I say this? A, A, yeah. Like A, like A. That's just, with little Wayne. Oh my God! <laughs> I want to. I want to. I want to hear you first. I'm just curious. the title alone. I'm like Kyle has to start this one. <laughs> so you remember how I said that there was only two features that I liked on this album? Yeah. This is the other one. Surprisingly enough, this is not a pop punk song. Much like Hotel Diablo had one pop punk song on it with uh, I Think I'm Okay. Yeah. This album has one, arguably two hip hop songs on it. 
this is one of them. And I think it works very well. I absolutely love this song. It is such like a fun vibe to it that really breaks up like the dark tones of the album. And when I say dark tones, I don't want anyone being like, oh, well, Slipknot's dark. I'm not talking about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about in relative terms to tickets to my downfall and just in terms of overall vibe, it's more angsty. This breaks that up with a fun song. And I love it. I, 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 at first, I like full disclosure, the title caught me up. I'm like, why are we calling it A? But I thought the same thing when it was released. I was like, what is this? Because before I listened to it, I saw it on Spotify when I didn't even know it was coming out. It was like A featuring Lil Wayne. I was like, what? This is question. Like, is this from, I'm like, is this from the pop punk album or is this just a standalone single? Sure enough, he put it on here and I'm glad he did. Yeah. And, and look, two minutes and four seconds. So I mean, we're going to read off the length in a little bit. Don't worry. But like, hey, two minutes and four seconds is just fun. Why not? You know? Um, yep. Yeah, I'm all for it. I mean, I, it, but like I said, the title threw me off. Like, wait a second. What is he doing here? A, A is one of those things. Oh, my God. But I, I, I and the little Wayne feature part does work for me, too. I think he actually, I think Lil Wayne actually works in context of the song because it's Lil Wayne's genre. You're not trying to shoehorn him into a pop punk song, which don't know if you know this, but uh, Fall Out Boy's, uh, oh, what song is it? On Folia De, Lil Wayne is on one of the songs. No way. Yeah, I can't remember what song it is. Hold on, I'm gonna do a quick Spotify. Go ahead. His, um, it, I gotta figure it He out. doesn't rap on it, he sings. Um, it's not good. It's not great singing, but it works in context of the song, which is why when I originally saw Lil Wayne on a pop punk song, I wasn't thinking like, wow, this is going to be bad. I was like, oh, maybe he'll use him right. But he's had him throw down a rap first in the the other song. Mm -hmm. But this is an actual like hip hop song. So it works. I believe it was the song Tiffany Blues. Okay. Um, Foliada. On that album, yeah, yeah, I gotta, I gotta re-listen to that. It's funny. You, you would never know it's him. It's like a, he has filters on his voice, and it's like the little bridge. I think it's oh, like okay. two thirds of the way into the song or so. That's the more you know. <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah. I mean, overall, A is is A. Um. The one feature and the one writing credit to Ryan Tedder. Well, I'll get to that too in a sec. But like. Fake love don't last with Ian. Is it Dior? Dior? Ian Dior. Ian Dior. Yeah. Oh, you know, he's he's all right. I mean, what's your take on fake love don't last? And I, I know I'll touch on it in a second too. Uh, I love the song. Another one of my favorites from the album, top tier. Um, I don't think we needed Ian Dior to be honest. Okay. That's, that's nothing against him. Uh, he's not my favorite. I don't usually listen to him. Yeah, me. Neither. He's okay when he's on the. Like MGK features, it it works. Right. But the chorus is one of the best of the album. Mm. It just it sticks in your head and it'll be in your head for a while after. At least that's how I am with the song. I think that A into Fake Love Don't Last is to like the strongest combination of back-to-back songs on the album. I mean, I gotta say, like, and I Ian Dewar's, I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna pronounce his name right. Forgive me. I'm terrible. No, you got it right there. 
Oh, good, good. Yay. Uh, Ian Dior. I mean, he's, I mean, I like the fact that he's on it. I mean, but you're right though. Could he have been taken off? Sure. I mean, it doesn't cross my mind either way. Like, well, like if he's on it or not, it doesn't really draw too much out of it for me personally, but I will say he's, you know, him on it. I'm fine with it. Whatever. The song though is really good too. I agree with you. It's really a, just, it's just a great all around track. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and Ryan Tedder is the only, this is the only co-write as far as I could see. On what I will say that's interesting about that is I'm usually not a Ryan Tedder fan. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of him either. Really. I actually don't like One Republic. Actually, yeah. one of my least favorite songs of all time is One Republic. Uh, so I am a little shocked to see that he was the. This is his one co-write, and the album is one of my favorites. So that's that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm, One Republic. I mean, I'm I'm not going to take it sidetrack for a second, but like they're like okay. I mean, I'm not. The, are they like the greatest thing ever? No, but they 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 got some good stuff here and there. Personally, Ryan Tedder. Like he, I mean, I'm surprised he does co-write, co-write a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm surprised. Yeah. Like, if you look him up, like for those of you who are listening, if you want to look up Brian Tedder's writing credits, just go on Wikipedia and look up like all the stuff he's co-wrote with, like Adele, Foo Fighters, or even U2 for that matter. It's crazy. Um, like I think he either he co-wrote or produced a couple of U2 songs on their most recent album, too, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, I looked that up too. Um, but yeah, fake love don't last. Good one with Ian Dewar. Uh Dying California with not one, not two, but three features. Holy God, die in California. What is with Young Thug too? Which I like Havana with my uh, Camila Cabello is great too. But anyways, what's your take? Uh, okay, <laughs> so this song is the only one on the album I do not like. Okay, I actually, I'm always shocked. I see everywhere on every time I look at anything about this album, people rave about this song. They seem to absolutely love this song. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just missing something. I don't get it, but I don't like any of the three featured artists on it. I don't think any of their voices sound pleasing to the ear. I don't like Young Thug. I've never have. Uh, His part was always my least favorite part of Havana. Uh, (laughs) I had never heard Gunna before this. Uh, I am not blown away. I'm assuming Landon Barker is Travis Barker's son. Probably. (laughs) I didn't think any of them sounded good here. The chorus was okay. I thought, you know, it was fine. Overall, just really did not like it. I skip it almost every time. Yeah, I mean, you, you we did talk about this at one point, but like featuring on, I mean, features can be great if they mm-hmm. work right. This just, this just this comes across like it just does not come across well written or sounding person i i, I mean I, I i didn't even hear that people were like they're like the dying california yeah whatever yeah. right people love it people put it in like the top three of the album and you know when we were talking about a i said it's like one of you know arguably two hip-hop songs i would say this is the other one okay uh i just don't it doesn't work for me i don't understand the thought process behind it i guess it's just too many features too many i know they don't all need to get a verse i know you're like friends with you want to put your friends in your songs i guess but i didn't think any of them sounded good and you know it's that's not saying that they're not talented again they're famous for a reason most of them are talented in one way or another 
Yep. I just didn't think it worked in context of this and especially on this kind of album. If this was on an album like uh, like his Bloom album, mm-hmm. where it was like had some acoustic guitars, but was mostly rap, it would make sense. And I wouldn't be thrown as much, but it's like in the context of the album, it just throws me out of it so abruptly when these voices come in that don't work in that genre. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is just, I'm going to bring something up in a sec, but like, as far as featuring goes, but like, I mean, this just shows you that you, just because you have your friends or your featured artist on there doesn't mean that it's like, it's going to be good. And I mean, it just, it works for some people, but it doesn't work for other people. I mean, we're, and we're just two people that it didn't work for us. And that's understandable. I made a joke once on my other show, Mixed Bag. Check us out on, on Wednesday nights, by the way. Mixed Bag on the Superview show. Anyways. We were talking about overrated artists. I I, I call Drake overrated because – and we talked about 100%. DJ Khaled as well. What's that? 100%. I know. And, and DJ Khaled as well. Like, I just – Oh, yeah. And like, overrated, whatever. I'm, I'm bringing this up for a second because I made a joke about featuring because uh, DJ Khaled likes to, like, bring people together. And I remember this clearest day. I was like – I said joking. I'm like, imagine, like, imagine, like, DJ Khaled featuring Justin Bieber, Usher, Pitbull – and on top of that, we're going to bring Drake into the mix. It's going to be a mega song. You don't need to do that. No. No, you don't. It's but that's where we're at these days is everyone feels the need to have every single person that they know feature on their songs. Yeah. And now that's how we end up with this being the longest song on the album. Oh, sorry, no. Second longest song on the album. Yes. And being boring. I don't know how you can manage to have four different singers on one song and have it be boring. Yeah. But it's, it's a drag to get through. I skip it every time. You and me both. You and me both. I just, I just watch, watch DJ Khaled is going to listen to our podcast and say, yo, let's make a mega song. Let's have three or five. Let's have five total artists on one song. He probably already does somewhere. I know. It's like, but like, that can be a whole other thing too. Like, but like, you don't need to do that. You just like, right. I mean, I go back to this. Sometimes I go back to this example on my other show, but like Paul McCartney, he's not a fan of featuring. He doesn't want to be featured on other artists too. He just, he's, he likes Ed Sheeran, but he doesn't want to be featured with him. Like he's not a fan of it. And to be honest, but well, he's Paul McCartney, of course, but like it just, it doesn't, he doesn't want to. And cause he's that good of a writer, but also it works for him in that context. Like Adele didn't her new album that have, have no, barely any features on it. Right. I'm not sure. I don't, I'm not a big Adele fan. I don't know if it had any on it, though. I don't think she usually has any features. That's what I mean. She's, That's my she's point. a strong enough artist to carry a song by herself. Thank you. That's all <laughs> it comes down to is, are you a good enough artist where you don't need the help to get on the radio? I, I, I mean, look yeah. at uh, Olivia Rodrigo. Yep. I don't know if there were any features on her album. I'm not a fan of her. I definitely respect her. Uh, she's doing great things for like the rock you know rock community but i mean she all her hit songs no features taylor swift it was only until like recently the past whatever her original albums didn't have any features on them they were all great and all the most of her hit songs don't have features on them it's because she's a strong enough artist and a strong enough songwriter to carry a song and i think that machine gun kelly is too i'm gonna be honest i don't think he needs 
this help? I mean, outside of maybe Travis Barker, because I think the two of them work very well together. I agree. But, I, you know, the occasional feature, like I do like something like maybe with Bring Me the Horizon, that's cool. You know, we don't need two collaborations with the same artist on one album, referring to Lil Wayne. We didn't need a second collaboration with Black Bear. We didn't, he collaborated with Ian Dior on the last album too. I don't think we needed another one with him. I was honestly glad that there was not a Youngblood collaboration on here because I'm kind of yeah. sick and tired of them collaborating together. I agree, dude. I agree. I don't like Youngblood, but they work great together. Whenever they have a song together, it's great. It's good. I, There's I, only so many times you can do it. I know. And like this, I mean, this is the, the, the previous album, Take Us to My Downfall, there was less features, which I feel like was, was, made it somewhat better, in my opinion. But that, that's me. I mean, we, we're there, almost done with the album, but yeah. Yeah, there was a decent amount of features, but it didn't feel like overwhelming with the amount of them. This one, it's like like half the album is features, which is again fine. Most the only like two of them really fully worked for me, mm-hmm. and some of them are just flat out bad. But we don't need it. Songs like mainstream sellout, paper cuts, they prove God saved me. They prove that he does not need it. He can carry a song by himself. Yep. 100% dude. Um, anyways, we've got on that for a little bit, but yeah, that's just our two senses for us featuring those. Um, so the last two songs are some of the longest on the record, actually Sid and Nancy. Mm-hmm. What, what's your, I mean, just call me on the left field, but what, what's your take? Uh, this is another song. I, I do enjoy it. Uh, it's a good song. It's a great song, actually. But this is another one that whenever I see people talking about the album, they put this one up there in the top three, too. I just don't think it's that good. I think the lyrics are honestly problematic mm. in a way. And that's that's not something I say lightly. I don't find things to be problematic or whatever. I, I'm a you know, full supporter. Say whatever you want. Sing whatever you want. And the song sounds good. But man, if you got little kids listen to it, like he's glamorizing a relationship in which ended in a murder-suicide and singing about it in a romanticized way. My God. And I can't just, I can't help myself just being like, it's a little messed up. I'm sure now, don't get me wrong, I'm sure as a kid in like early high school, I would have been like, oh, that's so cool talking about Sid Vicious. But man, listening to it, I'm just like, I feel weird jamming out to it. Because again, he's just like, yeah, I want a relationship like them, you know, murder, another murder, suicide. And then it ends in like gunshot sounds. Why? Like, again, I'm not one for censoring music. I don't think you should. I think you should say whatever the hell you want to in music, regardless of how offensive, regardless of how stupid it is. Go for it. I don't care. You can confess to being a serial killer in a song. I, whatever. If it's a good song, it's a good song. Yep. But at the end of the day, and again, before I say this, I will say it is, I believe that is a, a parent's decision, what their kids should and should not listen to. I think they should be monitoring it, not the radio and not whatever. But I, I don't know if I would want my like eight-year-old or whatever hearing that song it's just weird i wouldn't stop them from listening to it i guess but 
just weird weird thing weird concept to put into a song in a romanticized way it you pretty much hit the nail on the head everything you just said and then i'm gonna add some more to it it is weird mm-hmm. it, it is it's, just flat out weird musically it's it's a great song i yes. do enjoy it quite a bit but i can't just i i always find myself just thinking about it while i'm listening to it just being like huh really questionable I know it's it's just it's really, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just, and the title, is like, oh, Sid and Nancy, whatever. You, 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 also, the title alone is like, it's like a weird compared to the other titles on the album. It's a little bit like weirder. Let's say like, like here's God save me, born with horns, drug dealer. Then there's Sid and Nancy. You know, what I mean, it, it's, it's it is a weird song and a weird placement on on a really good album. I don't know. It's, it is weird though. It is very, and it's three minutes and I'm glad it's three minutes and nine seconds. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, you know. Again, it's not a bad song. I just no. can't get over the, like, the lyrics when I hear it. It doesn't stop me from listening to it, but yeah. it really like, gets me thinking like, why, why romanticize that? And I'm like, maybe he just thought it was cool. Yeah. So I'm like, I would hope he doesn't actually think like that because it's just, you know, not something that you should be like aspiring to have a relationship like. I agree. It's, yeah, no, no full disrespect to like Sid Vicious, like dude's a legend, but mm-hmm. come on, man. Like not not the aspirations that you'd want. And on top of that, I mean, it's only it's only three writers. It's him, it's Travis Barker, and Josh Struck. I'm not familiar with him at all, but yeah. uh, oh the white noise. I don't know if you know the white noise or not. That's what it, that's where he's from, but yeah. Um I don't know, whatever. But uh, I mean, it, it is just a weird, weird song. But it's musically, you said it, like, like you said, it's really good. Musically, sonically speaking, it's just the ideas mm-hmm. in there. Like, what? You know? But um, but yeah. And last but not least, the longest song on the record at three minutes and 40 and three minutes and 59 seconds, excuse me, Twin Flame with f- six writers on it. Yep. Yep. How's the, how's the, How's this album closer for you? <laughs> what a way to end the album, I guess. My second least favorite song on the album that I skip almost every time, too. Yeah. Just, just slow MGK song. He doesn't do slow songs very well, I guess. I thought he did them okay on the last album, but this one, both slow songs, I just really didn't like. It was boring. Yeah. It, again, it's a four-minute song. Which is great, but it's boring. It doesn't feel like it goes anywhere. And the whole like twin flame thing, it's a little cringy, especially after coming right after Sid and Nancy. I'm just like, I I don't know. It's musically, this one's just not great for me. I never find myself listening to it. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, like, it's also what I'm surprised at how is the longest song on the record written by six people and it's boring? How does that? Like, how, how does that outcome happen? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's weird how that happens sometimes. You know, like I think he could have ended it on either. I think even I like Twin Flame more, but I think he could have ended it on Dying California, and it would have been a better album closer. It's Twin Flame, it's, it's weird to me. I don't know. It's a weird song. I'm not too into it. It's not bad it, in any way, really. It's just kind of middle of the road. Yeah. It's it's like it's not, 
it's 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 you're right it's actually very i was i was gonna try and talk it up but it's it's not talking up but it's it's you know it is what it is. it's an album closer you know whatever it's not like the best but whatever um that's the there's also like a target bonus edition did you ever listen to that at all did you the target yeah, love race actually came out um shortly after tickets to my downfall and he just threw it on as a bonus track to the target edition it's a really good song it sounds definitely more like tickets to my downfall than does this album okay what i'm excited for is there's no no release date for it yet but just like he did a, the deluxe edition of tickets to my downfall he's working on a deluxe edition of this album Ooh. Uh, so i'm curious to see i'm sure we're gonna get more features but uh i'm curious to see how that's gonna come out because the deluxe tracks on tickets to my downfall are actually very good okay i mean i i hope to god there's less features but that's just you and me um any other and, and the japanese there's a european and japanese bonus track called why are you here that's an 18, oh, that 18th one song. that came out even before tickets to my downfall that was like oh, really? the first like real pop punk song yeah uh, okay. it's very good uh very good again more like tickets to my downfall than this okay but uh very good very good good cool and uh and i just want to just read off the t- the track listening length of each song really quick just so people have an idea what we're talking about i know we, we talked on a couple but first one is two minutes and 27 seconds the second track is three minutes exactly next one is 250 then 252 and then the pete davidson interlude is 32 seconds the mainstream title track is one minute and 47 seconds uh next one is 202 239 254 301 112, 204, 223, 327, and 309, and 359, closing out after, after as Twin Flame. I got to tell you the truth. I'm glad that there's longer songs here. I just wish that those longer songs were better. Yes. You know, you I was I mean? just thinking that when you were reading it off. I, I, I mean, I wish it, maybe he released, like, when the singles released were Paper Cuts, Emo Girl, A, maybe, and Makeup Sex. Yep. So, I mean... I don't know. I mean, I just, I think that there, I mean, I would have swapped that a couple of singles, but that's me. So like just one or two, like just swap what the different like maybe throw the title track out there. Like, I mean, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, you're the 21st century breakdown guy. Wasn't that title track a single as well? It was, it wasn't one of the popular ones, um, but it was had, it, yeah. had its own music video and everything, which is really well done. Yeah, I, I love that video too. It's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, mainstream style, I mean, how would you, like, not, like 10 out of 10, like, how would you rank this album as far as like just like a one being it sucks, like it's Metallica and Lulu? Or, no, I'm kidding. But like, how, would you, how would you rank this album, my friend? Um, as an album, uh, I would probably give it probably like an 8.5. Okay. As a Fair whole, enough. it's, musically very good lyrically honestly i think tickets to my downfall had better lyrics and even then mgk is not when it comes to what's weird is his raps lyrically are pretty good so i don't know why his pop punk lyrics are pretty bad for the most part 
this one was just super angsty. Felt like he was trying really hard to be angsty, which, you know, maybe he's actually feeling that way. But listening to a 30-something-year-old man write angsty songs comes yeah, off a little odd. And I don't mean that in, like, a, a bad way. It, it, they sound good. It's just it's weird. Usually you see bands, they get into a more positive part of their life as they get older but he yeah. seems to have like regressed a little bit in songwriting terms but it's a good album i mean musically it's great i don't have any problem with the instrumentation on most of it except for the two dying california and twin flame as a whole those are really the only songs i don't like i think makeup sex is the only other one that i think is questionable and that's really just because it's almost copy and paste of the other song from take us my downfall so i mean overall i was very pleased with what we got here so far it's honestly my album of the year that could change depending on what else comes out and then we got a new shine down album coming out and uh i mean so far this year hasn't brought many albums that i've been too too fond of so mgk has a has a leg up on the competition right now glad to hear it um glad to hear it my guy I gotta say, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go slightly higher than you. I'm gonna go 8.75, only because for the for some reasons you said before as well. Like overall, there are, are the instrumentation is great. It is a it is a really solid follow up of um, Take a Semi Downfall. It is a it is really if you're looking for new like new rock that is like pop punk or just in general like punk. It is solid. It's a definitely def- a direct continuation of Tickets to My Downfall. I recommend, and we both recommend checking it out no matter what, if you haven't streamed it yet at all. And some of the features on it are, you know, some are questionable. Like, I agree with you on, like, the last two tracks, uh, last, like, why. There were a lot of questionable decisions making mm-hmm. here and there. But I got to say, some of the features of the, the, bring, the Bring Me to the Horizon feature was great. Yes. Like, th- there are some really good features on this album. Uh, would I prefer no features and have them just do solid, like, Bloody Valentine and you know kiss kiss stuff yes but i mean what we got so far is really great and i would not mind going to see him truthfully i mean he is coming to uh, he's doing a big arena tour and you said you, you saw him before he, he didn't play at the garden or anything or right? he played at like a different venue yeah when i saw him he played uh pier 17 in new york city so it's like the rooftop of a place uh okay. you know he was playing bigger venues on that tour as well okay i think a lot of the i think COVID had to do with a lot of the uh touring decisions on that one is i think a lot of them were like outdoor venues right right i remember that so makes sense but he was great um his backing band i will give them a shout out his backing band is fantastic Mm. uh and he puts on a great stage show like he has props and everything he's a very talented showman he's a very talented musician Mm. and he's a great you know front man and he's a he has the charisma for it, which a lot of people don't have. I I I haven't seen him live. I mean, my sister's like, JT, can we go see him? I'm like, I don't know. Let me get back to you. Let me think about it. She she wants to see a couple of shows this year too. I mean, and some other some other concerts that are coming out too. But um, and they're not like Justin Bieber, I promise. But like you know, like but she wants to go see Machine Gun Kelly because. It's funny, you know, she got, she got into like pop punk because we were talking before my sister, who's like all about young thug and Kendrick Lamar and whatever. I don't even know, like just heavy duty rap, the baby, whatever. Right. 
she got into pop punk because of tickets to my downfall and this album too. So you're right when you say that, you know, younger people are getting into more guitar driven rock music, quote unquote, well, like pop punk rock, whatever, because of people like MGK, Olivia Rodrigo, Willow. And I think that's, it's definitely what we got because my sister, she's like, oh yeah. Cause she, you know, she knows me and I listen to like all across the board, but like, she's like, I'm like, Oh, this MGK stuff's pretty good. And then sure enough, she she got me onto that, and I get into this now, and we might go together. But she, you're right, though it is it is rubbing off to a younger generation because of this album, "Tickets to My Downfall," even the some things like the success of Olivia Rodrigo or or Young Blood. You know, these other artists are starting to. Jaden's another one. Um, yep. They are starting to like pick up the younger generation. Oh, there's there's a guitar and a song. What's going on? You know, like it's, yeah, it's sad, but you know, the last like little tangent that I want to throw in there is yeah. I feel like you also kind of got to think about like the, the different eras and phases of pop punk to kind of understand why the genre, at least in my opinion, kind of, I don't want to say died out because they're the big bands are still doing great. And many of the bands are still going strong. But when you look at it, you had your like late nineties, early two thousands, your fun, like blink 182, like simple plans, some 40, you're like party pop punk. It was like yeah. just a, you know, happy, fun times. Then as time went on, we had different eras where it got like darker and darker. I would say probably about the mid 2000s to late 2000s. You had things like the, the more emo stuff coming along, which not exactly yeah. pop punk, but that's what was mainstream at the time. From there, we then had like pop punk like the easy core stuff, which is like pop punk with breakdowns, like a day to remember, things like that, which right. is a little bit more fun again. But then say like 2013 and on, we had the, what I call the sad boy pop punk bands, which bands like neck deep, knuckle puck, like all these other, what you would see on uh, teenage girls, Tumblr accounts back in the day, where they share things about them. And you just, it was all just, sad and like angsty and angry and i think that it really like turned people off who'd never got mainstream success and now we're seeing with tickets to my downfall the new avril Lavigne album we're seeing and a little bit of Olivia rodrigo as well as we talked about willow we're seeing a return back to this fun pop punk fun upbeat stuff and i think that's what people want to hear these days we get so much like depressing stuff on a daily basis in the news and everything I think we're finally getting out of the period where people just want to hear depressing music all the time. I agree. I think we're sick of being sad all the time. I think we're, we're ready for just fun music to come back. And I think that pop punk is the genre to do it. So I think that if he can just continue on with this and you know, he can do rap stuff too. I don't care what he does. I just want fun stuff again. I agree. I mean, we need like we definitely need more fun music to come back for sure. And I think this is the right step in the right direction, truthfully. Yeah. And that's why I like the song A so much, is because it was it's a fun song. And while we're talking about like tones, Tickets to My Downfall was released um towards the summertime. I believe it was uh September of that year. I think so it's still like a warm weather month, like it was a very much fun outdoorsy, like album you know what i mean yeah had that like seasonal effect mainstream sellout definitely has that darker tone that i couldn't picture being like a summer album it was definitely 
like a late winter album, like late winter, early spring album where the weather is still kind of like dreary, had that like angst to it, which to me just brings it down below tickets to my downfall a little bit. But it's, it was still a great album. I think that he knocked it out of the park again, even with the criticism I've given it in places. The dude knocked it out of the park. He's super talented. Any rock and metal elitist, you can come find me if you want. But he he's a super talented guy. He knows what he's doing and he knows how to get publicity. And he knows just how to make people angry enough to keep giving him that publicity. On that note, that will do it for us here on another episode of Career Retrospectives. Thank you so much for watching, listening, however you enjoyed us tonight. Follow us on Spotify Podcast and um, subscribe to us on YouTube. We do the show. Uh, we didn't do it on a Thursday night this week because Thursday didn't work for us, but that's okay. But we, we do this probably every week or so, every other week or so, and we, uh, we love doing it. And I want to thank this gentleman right here, Kyle, so much for helping me out and just doing the show in general. It's, it's so much fun to break down songs, talk about albums. It's just a lot of fun, man. So thank you again for sharing your time with me of course my pleasure and uh but yeah that's gonna do it for us thank you so much for watching listening however you enjoyed us as well and we'll see you guys next time for another episode of uh career perspectives see you guys soon